morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides. I'm your host, Reverend Bill Riley. Good morning. We want to welcome you all to our Sunday School podcast, and we want to say first, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers this morning. Fathers are a very special um, time for me and my family, especially um, reflecting on our Heavenly Father, most importantly. And uh, we just want to say Happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father up above. Let's get started. Let's first say Happy Father's Day to um, Pastor Wilson, um, our spiritual father, uh, our shepherd, uh, Pastor Awesome Bontel Halls, and all the men of New Fellowship around the world, especially all those men who impart some spiritual enlightenment into your life. God bless. Lesson three of our Sunday school in the Union Gospel Press. The title is ASAP Lament. ASAP Lament. We're coming from Psalms 73 verses 1 through 26. However, we won't be reading all those verses. So let's just break it up into groups. We will see three points in the lesson. God's goodness, God's grief, and God's guidance. God's goodness. In Psalms 73.1, it's recorded, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. We usually say our cliche in the family of God, that God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Asaph was a Levite of the family of Gershom and one of the three chief musicians appointed by David to preside over the choral services of the sanctuary. He was selected by the Levites to lead the music when David brought the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem. His background story can be found in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 5, 1 Chronicles chapter 15, 16 through 19. His fellow musicians was Herman and Jethua, presided over the services elsewhere in the country. Asap was chosen to lead the choirs at the new site of the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. He was a worship leader. He was also a prophetess. The Old Testament labels him as a seer, so which, which would say that he had some prophetical um, abilities. Asap was also a spiritually minded man, gifted in praise and prophecy, whose impact upon his own family lasted down through the centuries. Psalm 73, 1 through 3 says, God is good. God has many attributes, according to Asap, including his love, mercy, grace, and justice. 
the psalmist was going to look back on a time when he had questioned the very goodness of God. But he began the Psalms by affirming his faith in the Almighty and his goodness. So if it would seem as you read the Psalm that he starts off with a spiritual um, ice cream sandwich, so to speak, where you have the two cookies on the outside and then in the middle is the ice cream. And this is kind of how his psalm is um, orchestrated, where he starts off with the good things about, about God, but then he'll get into the middle of the psalm about the bad things that troubled him. God is, specific, God is specifically good to the children of Israel. It says, since Israel was God's chosen people, he was especially good to them. Not only did he rescue them from slavery, but he also brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey. God sends special blessings on those who serve him, specifically mentioned here in Psalm 73.1 are those who are of a clean and pure heart. Pure means more than clean-minded, though it certainly included Basically, it is being totally committed to God. That's what it means to have a pure heart. In Psalm, in Matthew chapter 5, in the Beatitudes, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, which means that God will always manifest himself around those who are totally committed to him. And if you're totally committed to God, not by actions, but also you needed to have in character and attitude. That means a lot because you cannot be totally committed to God in your works for God and not have a clean heart or clean character or characteristics of God, which in the first paragraph of your book talks about love, mercy, grace, and justice. Psalms 24, 3 says, and David says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in the holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor swore deceitfully. And verse 2 says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Psalm 71 starts off with this uh, spiritual ice cream sandwich where it says the goodness of God. Truly, God is good to Israel, even as such as are of a clean heart. But in verse 2, it says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Well, why have his steps and feet almost slipped? The commentator gives an illustration. There was a muddy tidal river which flowed through the home town of his residence. When, when the tide was out, vast mud banks were exposed. As children, we were warned repeatedly to stay away from those banks. Once I ventured too close to them, he says, and I 
can still feel the chill of the sheer horror and terror which gripped me as my foot slipped and I felt myself sliding towards a horrible, horrible death. Fortunately, my foot hit a protruding rock and I was saved. I learned the wisdom of obedience the hard way. My steps had well nigh slipped. It is a good idea to think this problem through and then to say or to stay away from the treacherous mud banks of the psalmist describes and how he almost lost his footing. It's a great illustration. I never forget the time as a young boy, um, we were told repeatedly, and we know that there were so, several uh, of our friends who had died in the school kill, trying to swim in the school kill, doing um, devilish things. I remember myself jumping into the school kill after drinking uh, 40s of Old English 800. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't a good idea, but I can remember the time when I went inside the the river and my foot as I jumped in my foot went to the bottom and it was such a muddy suction to your feet yeah so I can understand this I can relate to this illustration from the commentary the question is why ASAP is saying slippery feet while affirming the goodness of God, the psalmist admitted that he had experienced a crisis of faith. As if walking on a slippery path, the writer had almost fallen. The psalmist was not t- talking about falling into some outward obvious sin. Rather, his faith had nearly faltered because of focusing on the seemingly prosperity of the wicked he observed around him. This is something we often do. I don't know about you, but I do as well. Why does it seem like the unrighteous are prospering? The Bible often um, describes or encourages us not to fret because of evildoers. It's fret not because of evildoers. And let's look at the definition of fret. Definition is to burn in a blaze, to be jealous, to be angry, and so here, and to envy. And so here in verse 3, he starts off by saying, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Here, Asap describes the problem. The problem of him slipping is because he lost his focus on. God and his faith was begin to falter because he looked around and saw the prosperity of foolish and wicked men. He came to the conclusion that life is not fair and worlds operate unjustly. His reasoning went something like this. If God is good, why do the wicked prosper? Have any of us ever felt that way? Why is my faith not being rewarded with the prosperity I see others enjoying? Worldly success is not necessarily a sign of God's blessing, though there was, oh, there have always been people 
who discarded God's commandments and continued to prosper materially, we also must keep in mind that God never promised great material wealth to his children, only that he would supply their daily needs. Matthew 6, 24-34. Psalm 73, verses 4, talks about the blessings of the wicked seems to revive their lives. Verse 4 and 5, verse 6, talks about the sinful behavior, their pride and vanity and violence are, are ornaments. Their behavior and character is like ornaments they wear around their neck. Verses 7 talks about the benefits, good health. It seems like the wicked have good health, plenty of money, kids in college, vacations every summer, escape broken home and family hearts. But that's not true, because the key word was, it seems. God's grief begins in verse 12. Here we pick up from verse 3 to verse 12. It says, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and wash my hands in innocency. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. This reminds us that the laurel of materialism has been with the human race for centuries. No wonder Christ spoke of often of the danger of wealth. Considering his investment, Asap wondered whether a godly life was in vain. This questions the value of holiness when its wages are paid in the coin of affliction. To be sure, such an approach is very superficial. To overcome such an attitude, we must first admit that things are not always as they seem. God's grief, worldly prosperity, and painful thoughts. Painful thoughts. Verse 16. Trying to put all the pieces of puzzles together was difficult for Asaph as in a situation in which we attempt to discern why the universe operates as it does. We are frequently left with more questions than answers. The more he contemplated the issue at hand, the more blurred the trouble ASAP became. While believers should attempt to use their minds to discern truth and to know the, pros- the proper course of actions to take, there are some things that are better left in the hands of God. Into the sanctuary, even though he was oppressed by those despondent thoughts, the psalmist had not forsaken worship in the temple. Did y'all hear that? He did not forsake going to church. Hmm. 
Too often those who have troubled minds and hearts choose to stay away from church, I'm sorry, and from worship. This, however, was the very place where Asaph would get relief for his trouble. There is relief in going to church in the fellowship of the saints? There is certain revelation that God imparts upon his people um, at this place. Asaph would get relief for his troubled heart and began to see things quite differently. Once he went into the sanctuary of God, he doubtfully believers under I'm sorry, he doubtful. The doubtful believer understood what he un, he understood what he understood was that those who fail to serve God will ultimately be judged by God. They spun like ASAP. We must take the long view of eternal instead of the short view of the present life. Let me just say that again. Let me say it nice and slowly. Let me read it once again because I think that this is a principle that we must embrace. Once he went into the sanctuary of God, the doubtful believer understood what he understood was that those who fail to serve God will ultimately be judged by God. They spewed. Like ASAP, we must take the long view of eternal instead of the short view of this present life. Let me just add this billism into our lesson today. We are ex- we are being exposed more and more to the true Christianity faith. We are being exposed to other doctrines and um, cults that are coming out in full force. I have never seen so much that I've seen in what people believe. Um, they have a form of godliness, but then they deny the power thereof. Anyone watch the Marvel story of the Black Panther? I love the Black Panther because we are starving for a black hero, superhero. However, there is a movement that is being um, coming out of the woodworks. And this movement is similar to the events that took place in the Black Panther. Do you remember when the Black Panther... They have this vibranium um, flower that you have to drink it in order to go into a different realm. Well, you know, I didn't think that was real, but it is it's real. Um, and if you look at uh, an interview by David Letterman and Will Smith, Will Smith had and he had ingested this type of um substance to go into a different realm and having conversations with recently with a few people um, that this new doctrine this new well it's not really new it's actually been around for years but it's new to me um, that uh, African Americans are having it's part Christianity and part black African um, culture and voodoo if you ask me. So inside the movie, Black Panther, they drink this substance and then they go into a different realm and they'll be able to hallucinate 
and bring up um, dead people and have conversations with them. Um, I just thought it was a movie. Uh, I didn't know it was, that they, you know, that this type of behavior is real. And now coming to light just recently um, been revealed to me that this um, type of behavior, this type of cult, this type of religion, this type of way of life is now coming about. And a lot of these people who embrace this religion are wealthy um, people. I did start off by saying that this, this is a billism. Well, research it for yourself. Let's move on. God's guidance. Foolish and arrogant. I'm sorry, foolish and ignorant. Finally, the psalmist came to realize that his envy of the evildoer and his way of life was a waste of time. It revealed that his thinking was both foolish and ignorant. Whenever we are dissatisfied with the matter of God's providence in governing the world, let us remember let us remember that this is to be traced by the perversion of our understanding. Guided by glory, having come full circle in his understanding, Asap now realized that God has been holding his hand on the time. Otherwise, he would have slipped. Although his thinking was unclear throughout the episode, God had not forsaken him. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 is God's promise. Like the psalmist, we are all need God's counsel. People who people will lead us astray as will our own desires, but God will provide the direction we need. That's it. That's all I have for you today. Let me give you some of these practical points. God is the ultimate source of all of our strength as believers. And we must not forget that. Practical point number one, when our focus shifts from God to the world around us, it is easy to become discouraged and resentful. Few things, number two, few things are so bitter as us self-righteousness. I'm sorry, few things I've, I've been... Um, distracted by my phone. Few things are so bitter as a self-righteousness that feels unrewarded or slighted. Number three, an understanding of why the wicked prosper is impossible to attain apart from a divine perspective. I'll read that again. An understanding of why the wicked prosper is impossible to attain apart from a divine perspective. Number four, my phone is just buzzing off because it's Father's Day and people are texting me. Number four, God never abandons us. Even when we are beastly towards him in our hearts, the promise of God's eternal love and care can sustain us through anything. The promise of God's eternal love and care can sustain us through anything. Right now, me and my wife have embraced this saying. It's not some kind of hocus pocus saying. It's just something that we have to remind ourselves about the promises and blessings of Abraham. If we're children of Abraham, 
then we ought to um, embrace the blessings of Abraham. Not just material things, but also the mindset that Abraham had when God gave Abraham the promise. Although the promise was given to Abraham, and because we're Abraham's seed, therefore we must embrace the promise of Abraham. What's the promise that God said? He would be a blessing to you so that you can be a blessing to others. So I leave you with that. May God bless you on this Father's Day and may you reap a word, a rhema word from this lesson in Jesus' name. Amen.